We've got our next guest on with us now, and that is Howard Bender from FantasyAlarm.com. Howard, how are you? What's going on, guys? How are you today? First of all, I want to introduce you to Craig Heist, who's a legend in his own mind, but seriously a legend in the Baltimore-Washington corridor covering all sports. How are you, Howard? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you guys having me on here. There's nothing better than talking baseball and fantasy baseball this time of year. Hey, before we talk fantasy baseball, I want to talk a little bit about your company because I've been a fantasy baseball player since the mid-'80s, okay? Not successfully, by the way. Not (laughs) successfully, exactly. But I've been playing for over 30 years, and I I got XM Radio about five, six years ago, and I got locked into the MLB channel, and I'd hear about this fantasy channel, and for some reason I really discovered this year that Bowden was on there, and I think he's one of the great – um, content providers. I read them uh, on the athletic.com. I follow them on the, the front office over on XM Baseball. And now I've discovered him, and he's on, he's on the XM Fantasy Channel like all day. But tell me a little bit, so I've discovered you. Tell me a little bit about your company, FantasyAlarm.com. Well, we've been around for, uh, well, almost a, a, a full decade uh, as far as uh, being a, a bigger player in the fantasy realm. We're, we're predominantly a content site and a tools site, so that way uh, you can get your research done while also receiving uh, very high-quality uh, content, suggestions, strategies, articles, uh, player breakdowns, everything you could possibly want. And, I mean, it was great. Like, you know, Jim Bowden came to us, actually. That's an incredible that he had, story that he, he knew that fantasy was big enough that he could make part of his living out of it. Well, yeah, I think that that's, uh, you know, well, we've, seen, we've seen a huge growth over the years. I mean, it was the late 90s when the Internet blew up fantasy. You started seeing a lot, you know, a lot more sites coming out there. The daily fantasy sports world has really brought it even more into the forefront. And you've also got, you know, things like the NFBC, the National Fantasy Baseball Championships, uh, where people are starting to play a little bit more high stakes. Now, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's an industry that's grown over the time here. And, you know, when Jim saw that, and, you know, and we always hear these, con- these conflicts between athletes and fantasy owners. You know, it's predominantly in fantasy football where you get – a guy who, you know, yells at Peyton Manning for throwing three interceptions <laughs> and not, you know, during playoff time and, and ruining his fantasy season. Um, you know, Bowden had the insight and the, uh, and the foresight to see that you've got to bridge these two, that, you know, MLB, NFL, all of these, you know, major sports leagues uh, obviously see how big fantasy sports are, and so he – came to us and he said, I, I love everything that you guys bring to the table here. I love the, the, the fact that you can do all of your research and get all of your opinions, your rankings, uh, all in one, you know, in a one-stop shop. So he actually asked to partner up with us um, and to join the team, which then obviously, you know, when you talk about a guy like Jim Bowden and the vast experience that he has as a general manager – I mean, we're getting, we're getting, we're bringing insights to fantasy owners right now at Fantasy Alarm that you're never going to get. Like yeah, our, exactly. our MLB draft guide right now, what Jim and I do is we actually record 
audio just based, you know, we do team breakdowns, he and I, and we just go over everything, and we break down each team, we break down their lineups, but what we do mostly is we also break down what goes on in the front office. You know, what's Alex Anthopoulos like now that he's taken over the job uh, in Atlanta? And is this a team that is going to, you know, keep its rookies down? Is this a team that's going to bring its rookies up early? Um, and so having those insights into knowing what a team is going to do and how a general manager likes to run his organization it's invaluable to fantasy owners. We're talking with Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com. Before we really do get into some actual baseball talk, I do want to ask you about the the, the, the guide, the draft guide that, that Bowden and you have worked on. You're selling it. It goes for thirty nine, I think thirty nine ninety nine. but if you put in the passcode BOSS, you get it for half price? Yeah, 50, it's, it's basically it's 15 bucks. Go to fantasyalarm.com slash boss. That'll immediately bring you to where you can enter the promo code. And, yeah, the draft guide's 15 bucks. And, I mean, it literally it comes with uh, – there are over 30 different strategy articles. There are a number there, – there are another 30 to 40 uh, research abstracts and, and player profiles and everything you could possibly want. Then, like I also said – you get full access to all of our tools, our projections, uh, you know, how to play in daily fantasy sports for MLB. Uh, and then, of course, we're also adding audio and video to our draft guide. It's all online. You can't, I mean, you can print out a PDF yep. file if you need a hard copy of it there. But, I mean, we're giving you all the tools you could possibly want, including what we call the ultimate cheat sheet, which is this, uh, this, this five-page printout. Uh, and that's all you're going to need for your draft. Like it gives you your auction values and your round suggestions for players, uh, rookies, sleepers, and busts, all all written by Jim Bowden. So I mean, it is. I mean, it's, it's the fact that we're selling it for 15 bucks. We're giving you that discount price. Is uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's criminal. But for the amount of work that I've been putting in on it, I'm like, really? This is the is, price point we want? Is it blowing up? I mean, how, are you selling a ton of these things? They're flying out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we're crushing last year's numbers, uh, having Jim Bowden in here. And we're getting a lot of phenomenal feedback as well. So, I mean, that's really what Fantasy Alarm is trying to do is we're trying to really build ourselves a community here yeah. where – you know, it's real people who are playing in real high-stakes leagues and real, you know, home leagues. And, and it's all about the personalized attention that, you know, my team over at Fantasy Alarm can provide to anybody who purchases the guide, subscribes to Fantasy Alarm, whatever the case may be. Howard, what is the key for a novice like myself and I ask this question because Stan has been doing it 30 years and still can't get it right. <laughs> what is the what is the, won a few championships. What is the key to putting together a great fantasy team or a good one that can compete? And here's why I ask is because I'll come to the ballpark on a certain evening and Stan will say, hey, you know, I had this guy on my fantasy team and – Damned He's if he got VD. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damned didn't he get hurt? <laughs> and and in, the, in that player's case, he really got hurt. Yeah. But but what's the key when you're looking over stats and 
trying to do your homework as best you can in all seriousness, what is the best way to, to go about this? I mean, it's all about the time that you put in and the dedication. Listen, I love fantasy football. It's fun. It's light. It's easy. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Any mouth-breathing knuckle-dragger can win a fantasy football league. There's a whole lot that's of That's why you won. won. I won this year. That's, that's I won the media won, league this year, yeah. <laughs> For baseball, I mean, listen, there's a lot of number crunching that goes on. You have to understand uh, that the game is all about ebb and flow. It's all about hot streaks and cold streaks, and it's all about playing the matchups. So, I mean, if you're dedicated and you understand, like in football, I mean, let's take a look at what the Browns are doing right now. Last year, you wouldn't have touched the Browns in fantasy football. Yep. Now, yesterday, all of a sudden, it's Jarvis Landry, it's Tyrod Taylor, and they're adding, uh, they're going to probably add Saquon Barkley. You want the, the Browns yep. next year all of a sudden. You, you, you have so much volatility from year to year that you can't look at numbers the same way in football that you can look in baseball. In baseball, you get three, four, five-year sample sizes. You know it's just it's pitcher versus batter. So if you know that you know this, this is the way this batter uh, handles himself, whether it's beginning of the year, middle of the season, end of the year, you know how he hits against lefties, how he hits against righties, how he hits in different parts. So, I mean, it's definitely it's a lot more in-depth work. Maybe I'm making it sound a little bit more complicated than it actually is. It's just it's a matter of how much you pay attention, how much baseball you actually watch, how much you enjoy this game. So if you have that dedication and you're willing to put in the time, and really, I mean, yes, there are leagues where have daily roster moves that are a lot more time-consuming. Even if it's a league that has weekly roster moves like you have in football, uh, as long as you give yourself, you know, an hour or two every Sunday before you got to set your lineups for the following week and you just put in the time to research what your players are doing and really look at what's going on throughout the season, who's hot and who's not, you can definitely keep track of it. And then all of a sudden you start to fall into understanding the numbers more. I've sat there and I've got an article in the draft guide that just talks about looking for your benchmarks. You don't need to know how WOBA is calculated, weighted on base average. You don't need to know what the coefficient multipliers are and how some <laughs> of the nerds come up with this stat. All you need to know is that you want a guy who's got a WOBA of 320 or more. And the higher it is above 320, the better the player is. So if you actually understand what the benchmarks are that you're looking for, and suddenly this whole process of research becomes a lot easier. You mean you let the other people do the heavy lifting and you just come along yeah. and, and discern what are the important uh, markers? Absolutely. Surround, you know what? If you want to be a smart player, yep. you surround yourself with smarter people. How, how hard do you find that it is for people that you talk to about fantasy? Like I, I did talk radio in Baltimore for 20-plus years around the Oriole baseball. So I always thought I knew baseball pretty well. And it's hard for me to admit that fantasy experts may know more of the important stuff than I do. It's hard from an ego standpoint to let it go and sort of let them do the driving, so to speak. You, you can't let it, you can't let it bother you. You can't let it, you know, fantasy nerds aren't, you know, aren't 
totally smarter than you. Listen, yeah. there's still that division between the eye test and the number crunch. Yep. Um, and I like to do both. I, I do watch too. as many yeah. games as I possibly can. I look at a guy's swing. Is this guy's swing long? Yes, it is. Okay, now I understand what pitchers he's going to do better, you know, better against because he's got that long swing and this pitcher likes to throw it low and away and this is where, you know, one of his hot zones are as a hitter. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a combination of the two. So just saying that a guy who's, like, totally into sabermetrics is a better fantasy player than a guy who, you know, predominantly relies on look and feel – uh, is an incorrect statement. To me, you have to merge the two of them. You have to embrace the changes that are happening in the game that more teams are looking towards their analytics, but nobody's dumping off the top scouts who you know yep. work off of just eye, you know, the eye test. We're talking with the great Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com. Again, their draft guide for fantasy baseball players is available. Go to fantasy dot, FantasyAlarm.com. And purchase it. If you put in the code BOSS, you're going to get it for $15. I thought it was 20 but Howard's telling me it's 15 Howard, um, uh, I've got to talk to you about my team now. Is it okay if we spend a couple minutes working on my team? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. All right. I've got, I've got very little offensively that I'm, I'm leaning on keeping, but here's my offensive potential keepers. Joe Maurer at nine. This is American League only. Joe Maurer, nine. Delino DeShields Jr., 16. Salvador Perez, 13. All of them make some sense to me. Um, well, I'm not really sure why they all make so much sense to you. Maybe that's what the issue is here. Joe Maurer, <laughs> come on. The dude's hot trash at this point in time. Maybe he I like the I like the two average. I like the two eighty five minimum batting average. Yeah, but I mean, really, is that what you, is that what you're really concerned about when you're looking at your corner infield spot or first base? Maybe if Maurer still qualified as a catcher, yeah, I could conceivably say, yeah, okay, nine bucks is probably a, a an okay price for All him. All right, so he's to- I'm tossing him now, but but Joe Maurer has great hair. <laughs> let's let's face facts here. Anyway. And that is important. Yeah, it's important. All right, Delino to Shields. I drop him. It seems like I'm going to end up chasing steals at a much higher price. Um, I you know for an AL only league, I would keep the Delino to Shields at 16. All right, he's going to play. He's going to play center field for the Rangers. He is probably going to be sitting in that leadoff spot for at least the majority of the season there. Um, and with the fact that steals have been dramatically uh, on the on the decline for well, I mean they've they've plateaued over the last three seasons here, but from 2014, oh man, I mean there were like he, there were almost 250 to 300 steals more in the league there. So but he's a guy know, you have I to pay a little bit of a premium. Can I count on him for 30 plus? Um, I would say you could probably count on him for 30. All right. Now, Sal Perez, I was leaning a week ago toward not keeping him, and every time I go over my own little versions of a mock draft and we're looking at who I'm going to get, it seems like, and again, I was worried about Perez at his age with injuries and that Kansas City lineup not being what it was. Now they've signed Moustakis, and I compare the pricing I, what do you think? Is that too high, 13? 
No, I think that's probably right about where his value is going to be, specifically for an AL-only league. Yeah, I would have tossed him back, too, had, had yep. Moustakas not landed back in Kansas City. But now that you're sitting there with, you know, your two, three, four hitters being Whit Merrifield, Mike Moustakas, and Sal Perez, Perez is going to see a number of pitches to hit over there. And hopefully Merrifield will uh, continue this late bloomer uh, kind of thing that he's got going on and continue to get on base at a, at a, you know, at a solid rate. So I like Sal Perez this year again. And I've got him listed as a as a top five catcher for me. All right, now let me move over to my pitching staff. Okay, I've got sure. Alex Cobb, who I would have to raise from six to eleven. And of, needless to say, if he hasn't signed, I'm not going to be able to keep him. Would you give him a year's addition if he does sign in the American League? Yeah, it really kind of depends on where he lands. You know, I mean, let's if, say if it's let's lands, say it's let's he, say it's Baltimore. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's leave Cobb out of the equation. My, the rest of my keeper pitchers are, let me go over it. I've got Osuna in the last year of a contract at 13. I've got Shane Green for a dollar. I've got Devansky at two, but he needs a raise up to seven. And then I have Andrew Miller at 16, but the last few days I've been toying with keeping uh, Trevor, uh, what's his name, Hildenberger of the Twins at $2, thinking he's going to be what Miller has been. Uh, your thoughts on the, the rest of those pitchers? Um, Osuna, absolutely. For yep. 13 bucks. I think he's going to be, he's locked down as the Toronto closer. Uh, got rid of, you know, dealt with the anxiety issues that really hindered him towards the tail end of last season. So I'm in on him. Uh, green for a buck? Oh, please. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd watch monkeys throw poop at each other at the zoo for a buck. So why wouldn't I <laughs> there you go. grab Shane Green? Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, the other ones are a little bit more interesting. Devensky yep. with, with an increase to seven, that's probably the price point where you're going to have to pay for him. Yep. He's that two-inning guy. He's like Andrew Miller, like you have. So I would say that for me, I would probably go Davinsky at seven and Hildenberger at two that's, and let Miller go at that's 16. exactly that's exactly what I've decided to do. Okay. Yeah, the guy I think you've that's talked the right way to go. The guy you've talked me out of is Maurer, okay? Because I keep coming <laughs> around to these first basemen and in all my mock drafts, when I get all the other offensive players I want, I go, Well, who am I gonna get at first? And I go, you know what? Mauer at nine. So would you take Mauer at six? No, probably not. I mean, okay. listen, you're looking for you're looking for home runs in RBI from yep. first base. Okay, you know, put your put your investment in 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 guys like uh, even Logan Morrison. Probably going to be a, a better option. Somebody, somebody's got somebody's Mauer. somebody's got him locked up. Yeah. What about Matt Olson from Oakland? Somebody's got him. That's the other thing is you look at the scarcity at the position. A lot of good first basemen are taken. How does Ryan Zimmerman grade out for you? Well, I'm an American you know, league. I, I know, okay. but I'm just in, in general. <laughs> I kind of dig Zimmerman. Listen, you know, I liked him when he was up and coming as a third baseman. Oh, he's Injuries a great third really baseman. hindered his career. But now, you know, he's, he's got this home in Washington. Uh, it seems to be low pressure for him. He, he's enjoying playing first base right now. 
I'm not going to say that he's going to repeat what he did last year, but I also don't think that the regression is going to be as as great as a lot of people are saying. So I'm actually I'm in on him, and Washington's really going to need to lean on him, especially with the fact that Daniel Murphy's waking his way back from microfracture knee surgery. Right. So we don't really know what's going to happen with, with Daniel Murphy, which means that the Nats are really going to have to lean heavily uh, on Zimmerman to help pick up that slack and provide protection in the lineup uh, for Bryce Harper. Well, I know one thing uh, from Zimmerman's standpoint. If you get him 500 to 550 at-bats and he's healthy for 140 to 145 games, he's going to put up numbers. You're, you're going to get similar type numbers to what you saw last year. We're talking with, Howard, we're talking with Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com. And you can listen to Howard, by the way, every day, Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 on the XM Fantasy channel. Uh, Howard, before we let you go, there's a, a gigantic number of, uh, needless to say, because the outfield is where you get five positions, so you got a huge number. And when you start looking, it's obvious you want, if you can get Mookie Betts, you want Mookie Betts. It's obvious if you can get him at the right price, you're going to want Adam Jones or Stanton, or Aaron Judge, but the differentiators are these guys that you're going to get for anywhere from 4 to 8 $9, and there's so many of them. I want to throw some names at you, okay? Sure. Ryan Cordell. Hadn't even heard of him until three days ago, and now Roster Resource has him as the starting left fielder in Chicago. Would you take him for 4 or $5? Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if he, how much he's going to stick there. Yeah. You know, you know, when you see it, one of the things, and here's something that Bowden taught me yep. uh, when you're looking at spring numbers and you're looking at how well guys are performing, what you need to do is on the big games that they have, who are they hitting the home runs sure. off of? Who are yep. they hitting the doubles off yep. of? Because yep. if they're hitting them off of some of the top pitchers, well, then that's something. But yeah. if all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Cordell is, is looking really sharp because he's playing the last three innings of an intra-squad game, mm-hmm. really, is that where you want to go? So he's not really a guy for me. He's more of like a $1 or a $2 guy okay. because I don't think that there's really that significant job security that he's going to need or want how, in order to be successful in fantasy. How about the two ex-Cardinals, uh, Gritchick and Piscotty? Uh, what would you pay for each of them? Richard and Piscotti, I would actually, I, I'm looking at those guys as probably like 10 to $12 players right okay. now. Um, you know, listen, Piscotti's now that he's over in Oakland, he's, you know, he's a lot closer to home. And obviously there are a lot of people who don't know the, the family story there. And his mother is ill. And, and it was really a, a hard thing for him last year uh, being so far away. He signed with Oakland. Uh, he had extensive conversations with both Billy Bean and uh, manager Bob Melvin about his need to be close to home and what the situation is with his mom. His mom's got early I, early stage uh, Alzheimer, right? Early onset yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's it's a little it's a distraction for him, but being so close to home now is definitely I think that's going to boost him. I think he's going to feel more comfortable there in his skin. I think that, that what the A's have going right now with guys like Olsen and Chapman, they just brought in Luke Croy, so I feel like they're kind of going for it. So I like that. What I love about Gritchick, obviously, is 
you know, hitting in the Rogers Center, being in the AL East where you've got Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Rogers Center, Camden Yards, they're all great hitters' parks. Mm-hmm. If Gritchett can limit the strikeouts uh, and just, you know, keep raking for power and hold off Teoscar Hernandez or at least push Hernandez to the other's corner outfield, then I like Gritchick a lot for his upside. I mean, I think, you know, you, you might only get a 240, 250 average from him, but I think he's easily got 30 home run power up All there. Right, let me throw you out a couple quick other names. Curtis Granderson also in that mix. Could he find sort of the Ponce, Ponce de Leon? Uh, you mean Ponce de Leon? Ponce de Leon, yeah. the fountain of youth? Um, it, 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 won't I mean, be long, it won't be long before I'll have to keep telling him how to say uh, Danny Echeverria. <laughs> Listen, it took me a long time to say a Danny Hetcheveria too. I still don't. I, I still try and say it as infrequently as possible. <laughs> um, that's why I don't do commentary on hockey or basketball. There you go. There you go. What do you think um, of? You know, what do you think of? Branderson's okay. I mean, yeah. he's he's all right. I he's mean, a four. A who, he's a four or five dollar you know, guy. Four or five. Yeah, he's a four or five dollar guy. He's a late round grab just to see if you can round out your outfield. What about Willie Calhoun in Texas and Derek Fisher in Houston? Well, I really like Willie Calhoun. I think that Willie Calhoun's gonna be a big surprise to a lot of people. He's got great power. It's a beautiful ballpark for him, and it looks like the Rangers are gonna give him that full opportunity to stay in the outfield and play regularly. So I'm a big fan of his. Um, he'll probably cost you, you know, upwards of like eight to ten instead of the four to five. Okay. Derek Fisher, who I like the potential, but I mean, it's just—it's a very crowded Where's he situation play? Yeah. over there in Houston. And until he locks into a, a regular spot, I see him as being like a three, four, five dollar guy, uh, just to kind of round out your roster as well. All right. In Baltimore, last player I'm going to ask you about today, and I hope we can do this a couple more times, Howard. Uh, Chris Davis. A head scratcher at his prime, he was probably a a twenty seven, twenty eight dollar player. Is he is he worth six to nine now, or is he still a twelve or thirteen dollar player on the on the come, so to speak? You know, I, I kind of I'd put him right around that ten dollar range yeah. there. I, you know, because listen, you know that the power stroke is there. You know what he's capable of doing, uh, and he can go on a hot streak where he'll tear it up. And, and he'll hit 10 to 12 home runs in, in the span of a month. Then he might go ice cold for you. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing him off completely. Yep. Uh, you know, but for the same token, I'm looking at him more as a 25 home run guy to 30 home runs mm-hmm. as opposed to a 40 home run guy who I want to lock in. So I think, you know, I think if you just keep talking him down and you start drafting with uh, – disappointed Orioles fans, then I think you can get them at a bargain rate. All right. We're talking with Howard Bender. We appreciate Howard again. The company is FantasyAlarm.com. And, you know, I bought the uh, draft guide. And you know what I said when I started reading it, Howard? Damn, this is good. No, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Howard, uh, many thanks for joining us. We hope we can do it again a couple times. All right. I'd be happy to join you guys again. Thanks so much for asking me.